0: One of my very favorite things about the artistic process is just becoming familiar with the medium, and you really don't get familiar until your hands are on it many, many times. In podcasting, something that I'm learning is that there's this time lapse often between when we record and then sometimes weeks or even months to when we release that episode. And sometimes... In that time frame, how I feel, how I think about the things we were talking about has shifted or changed or morphed or grown or shaped a little bit. And that's just a funny occurrence. When we initially planned these episodes where we were going to share portions of our experience at Bitwise, we were really intentional that we wanted to share the positive aspects of our experience that we really wanted to spend time on what was innovative and different if those practices, if that part of the mission were adopted elsewhere. It's also kind of become a part of our moving forward and our own making of meaning from this experience and no way to dismiss all of the more recent, very challenging experiences of betrayal and floodlighting and suffering that, frankly, we and like 900 more people and their families connect to them are experiencing. So it was an intentional decision to really share the portions that we hope to move forward in our own work. And I think the greatest gift would be that others could borrow from and implement or practice in their own workspaces, really with the hopes of just making work work better for us all.
1: Hello, hello. I'm Kenan.
0: And I'm Karen.
1: Your hosts of Comparative Narrative Podcast.
0: Each episode, will be bringing you stories from us and others, stories from different lenses of experience that illuminate our shared humanity.
1: Join us in finding belonging through storytelling. Hello, hello, hello. It is so good to be back. I am so juiced. First, before we even get into anything, Karen, a shout out to all of you who Checked out Comparative Narrative, the trailer in episode one. Much love to those who shouted us out through the reviews and given us the five star ratings. Felt so good to get the feedback. We are so excited and I feel
0: so supported.
1: Yeah, it just gave us so much energy in life. So, would be wrong to start this episode without a just immense amount of gratitude to all of you out here checking us out today, but we are so thankful. We teed up last episode that we were gonna come back. So last episode was Bitwise part one. It was our journey to finding an inclusive tech environment and kind of just our take on what it felt like to find belonging at work. Now we're going to come back today and tell you more about what we built. This is our chance to get a little reflection time and do some lessons learned and really dive a little deeper into what that meant to find a culture of inclusivity and belonging. So get excited. That's what we're going to dig into today. But as always, we have a routine to this. There's some safety and routine. So we, we stick to the routine. Plus, it's just really nice to set it off with a moment of reflection on our own personal tip. So Karen, I invite you. Would you like To start us off by checking in, where are you at today?
0: Yeah, thank you, Kenan. Um, I'm in my feels today. That's not unusual. I'm a pretty sensitive person, Uh, but today is our first child, our first son's birthday, and it's a big birthday. It's like you know, embedded in the teens. So yeah, I'm a little bit in my like mama reflection and. Mm. You know, I think at this time on the day he was born, I still had a solid seven more hours of labor to go and i had been 30 some hours in already and you were there by my side. (laughs) counting contractions and keeping me going and sometimes snoozing. Hey,
1: you know, come on.
0: Yeah, no, it was a long haul. I think that's, you know, very, very appropriate and expected. So yeah, I'm thinking a lot about that moment and the distance we've traveled in the 14 years since. And just this human that I said to you earlier this morning is hard for me to imagine not just life without, but this world without. Mm. I am in a really reflective space that's making doing some work <laughs> and tasks hard. Um, so I've been doing a little bit of the juggling of what I feel like I need to do and where my heart and head really are today. And then there's another part of just my, you know, caregiving me that's really activated right now in the context of his birthday, which is just that like, you know, task management, project management part of parenting where, you know, we're having a family little gathering at the end of the evening mm-hmm. and wanting to make that special for him and right. thinking about, you know, the errands that have to be run in the next couple of hours. We so got this. that's, that's practical. I parenting as well. I'm feeling good. Um, my head and heart are in a few different places. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this evening actually celebrating his 14th year.
1: Yeah, it'd be hard not to be in a similar space. Right. I'm going to be 100 percent honest. You, we are a unit for many reasons. And we shared many incredible m- moments, you know, those milestone moments together. So I'm in the same head. And you said something to me this morning that I kind of have put on the back burner and really hadn't really thought about. And I, I always, you know, even on my birthday, will shout my mom out and be like, happy birthing day because you brought me in. And so I will always give you the love for having endured and been strong in birthing our children. And so it's like happy birthing day. And you were like, yeah, it's also the day you became a dad. And I'm like, it took me for a solid, like, blow. Like, Mike Tyson, like, gut check. Yeah. Because I think for so long now, I've been a dad, right? I mean, 14 years in, I'm feeling pretty good about myself, confident. Mm. And when Coltrane made me a dad, he fulfilled one of my biggest dreams, which was to become a strong, supportive, um, whatever kind of dad I needed to be for my son- I was determined to be from that day forward. And he has, throughout these 14 years, given me so many opportunities to flex all the muscles that I have learned, needed, adapted, torn uh, in order to stay in that zone of my dream is to be that dad. You, you hit me for a loop there, and I didn't. I wasn't expecting to be so reflective on my own journey because I think I often pass that along to the mamas out there who did the heavy lifting in the moment. Right? I mean, I think that's just obvious caveat. Sorry, that's where dads we live. My dad's out there, y'all know we strictly janitorial in the first like three months. So, uh... (laughs) It's just kind of what I remember. But thank you for that. It really helped me.
0: You're welcome. Yeah, I remember when we first, even before we birthed him, you know, people ask you, like, what do you wish for your kid? And what Mm. do you hope for them to be? And Mm. are you going to have them sleep in your bed? or (laughs) All all these decisions, right? We were really firm. And I don't know this child yet. And this child will teach me who they are, what they need, what they need me to be in relationship to them. It's been a real treat to watch you in that process, especially with it's the bad. first, as well as, you know, experience myself in that and know yeah. that we've got many years to go. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: We'll be parents forever. And that's the joy of it all. And then grandparents, hopefully, right? I think that's a perfect segue into the second part of our Bitwise Industries journey, right? Because you think about work and you think about it as completely separate from your life and you don't try to draw parallels to your work and your life because that gets confusing. But the truth of the matter is, at the start of a pandemic, we were given an opportunity to birth
0: to, the workplace.
1: Exactly. Exactly. 100%. I mean, I think it's a direct correlation to where we were when we left off our last episode. We were given this unique opportunity to take what was existing in Fresno, bring it to Oakland, add the flair of Oakland, work towards the needs that the community presents to us and that we can work together with the community to, to support and make it uniquely Bay Area. And that is different. That's something that we had been hoping for. That is something that we had wanted to do together and we got a chance to do it. And for three and a half years, we did both the virtual building of that community and culture and then watching it grow in person before, you know, it's on untimely end. I think this is the perfect segue to go back to like, what was our vision when we started? When we were in this room, I say that a lot. Don't worry, because it's just what it is. When we were here in 2020 amidst lockdown, trying to get our first cohort together, think back like what do you remember as our visioning
0: yeah i remember that really embedded in our visioning was that we want to a make sure that there are relationships right like if we're truly talking about being a diverse and inclusive tech workplace in oakland that that was really going to hinge on relationships and connection because how are we going to know <laughs> and And to be inclusive of like, you know, many different, I want to say, people and experiences and archetypes and backgrounds. Yeah, our vision had a lot to do with going out and meeting people and really envisioning us all being in a space together one day and innovating together and laughing together and, you know, finding joy and really uh, creating some cool shit. Right. That That was kind of the idea And it certainly was drawn out in a way we didn't envision by the pandemic. For sure. Three years
1: almost before we got into place.
0: It was so important to us that it was reflective of Oakland Mm -hmm. and that we were really also honoring of, again, not just cosmetic diversity, but real diversity of experiences that people had prior to. That's right entering a tech training or a tech workspace?
1: We borrowed from what we learned in Mm -hmm. our uh, onboarding and very unique recruitment towards Bitwise. And we added our own spice to how we recruited folks. I remember very much the people that we were able to speak to early on at the start of the pandemic uh, were almost taken aback by our approach because we we were very upfront with, hey, this is about storytelling. We're going to actually model for you what this interview is going to look like. And we're going to tell you about ourselves. I am a former teacher. I, I worked in middle schools with crazy middle schoolers like that is in my DNA. That's kind of who I am a little bit as a perpetual middle schooler. That's how I survived teaching in middle school but that's part of my journey. So if I'm gonna ask you, potential pre-apprentice, potential apprentice, to tell me about yourself openly, then the first thing I'm gonna do is really model that for you.
0: Yeah, there was definitely a modeling and almost like a a giving, right? It's a bit of a gift, as well as debunking, like being Mm, very mm -hmm, clear mm -hmm. about the language that this is not an interview. You know, creating some framing around what might, if not spoken to, could have felt really scary because it was different. Like it was different to have more of a meet and greet, Versus an interview. Wanting to be really transparent, I guess, is what I'm trying to say about that. No, we're doing things differently for a reason. That's right. And, you know... Like what you were sharing, I remember very intentionally sharing that I was a parent Mm -hmm. first, Mm -hmm. you know, making great effort to not share my career information or my professional Mm -hmm. information first, but to share features of who I am outside of work as well as a point of connection and relation. And also like you to paint this picture of, you know, my career path was not in tech, right? right? And that to make very clear that we were welcoming in people with different experiences professionally as well because those experiences lent value and told a lot about who they oh. are, what they could bring. It wasn't just you know what we need you yeah. to do or what you want out of this, but what you really could contribute here. And I think the other thing when you were like when we were visioning, what was it? Is we really understood that if, uh, or we felt like we understood <laughs> that if we were going to do things differently than the systems that we're accustomed to in the job space, that there was going to be some sort of healing. but yeah. also an the tech space, too, that was going to need to happen. I mean, there are a lot of people who had been endeavoring to work in tech and working Mm -hmm. very hard, you know, formal training as well, self-study, and had been through multiple different, you know, programs that sounded much like this one as well, but that they'd had negative experiences and they were largely exclusionary.
1: I like to say without, like, being too uh, off the cuff or disrespectful in any way that we were, like, casting out demons. Like, we were, like, up there, like, no, 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 you got this, like, doing the stomp, hand on on your forehead head other hand in the air like just in there helping people work through because we we what we really did was intentionally create a safe space for people to bring their authentic selves
0: and and we did that you know we use language like that a lot safe space authenticity things like that but like we were very intentional about structure routine predictability you know elements that when done on repeat build trust right or Mm -hmm. sharing my fallibility so that there is space here, right? There's a cue that there is room to share fallibility in this space. But it really was that, you know, we we understood that people would need time, mm-hmm. safe, curated spaces for healing and healing as not only tending to wounds and prior experiences, but also collecting new experiences and building power in those experiences and finding that innate power that existed within. And so a lot of what we did is we highlighted transferable skills and experiences yes. for people. Oh, my God. But maybe they hadn't that yet. That was
1: one of my, like, I, I am I'm by nature a logical person. I like to make through lines. I like to connect the dots, a little string theory here and there, right? But ultimately, that was one of my favorite parts about getting to know folks in the recruitment process was I could see how they might perceive VP of tech companies not going to be interested in X part of my background. Why are you so interested in it? And then I could show them or maybe illuminate for them what was in the dark recesses of their mind that like, Mm -hmm. these are my skills. Mm -hmm. And I need to own these skills because they are transferable. They do lend themselves to different types of applications. I've seen it in one context, but it really does work in multiple contexts. And maybe even this tech industry context, I can make a benefit be meaningful have purpose in my work and and use what i've already got in the in the stores
0: absolutely you know i think even about like career changers right Mm -hmm. like we worked with single parents or parents who had been out of the workforce for 12 14 years and former bartenders
1: people of service like
0: helping individuals see how you know you've got clearly skill in project management (laughs)
1: right or like
0: clearly in juggling multiple tasks or pieces of information at once or customer service you Mm -hmm. know and success skills definitely a really important part of like taking the time to understand and set conditions for someone to feel comfortable sharing who they were and then experiences they've had and how they could translate to a training or new career
1: experience now you're gonna be a software developer Right, yeah. I'm gonna help, I'm gonna help you see yourself in that role because I'm gonna help illuminate the gifts mm-hmm. that you already have, the talents, the skills that you've already learned and honed that lend themselves to being a software developer or a Salesforce administrator. What I also really want to highlight is we were intentionally doing this at the same time as holding place for those who were already recruited Mm -hmm. so recruitment never stopped it was always happening and at the same time we now at like you get to fast forward to like summer fall of 2020 we're neck deep in the pandemic we haven't seen folks ever at this point the shelter in place is just maybe about to be lifted in places or just lifted in places and this whole time we have been holding space for apprentices who had already signed up to be a part of Bitwise Oakland and transformative work in learning and on-the-job training to become a professional in tech. And so like we actually intentionally began morphing the recruitment process into a strategy to hold space, that to keep that safety net, that understanding, that human connection going past the intro. Well, we all
0: know how bad it feels too when you started a job (laughs) and the person who's onboarded you or the person who, you know, the recruit Who brought you in, and you're forming a relationship, and you feel like this is the person who knows you the best so far, and then they're gone. Yeah. (laughs) And then they're gone. And so I think it's the difference between, you know, bringing someone to the party, right? Like sending out the invitation and bringing them there and then bouncing to Mm -hmm. no, we're actually like at this party with you. And a big part of our community building, too, is we really wanted us collectively as a group to be visioning Mm
1: -hmm. around what
0: was our. Oakland work community Hmm. once we were in person, right? So really doing a ton of listening and asking and inviting and, and yeah, dreaming together. And that was one way to get to know people further, as well as for all of us to get to know the community we were building. It was like very early pandemic, and then it was very, very long and lengthy pandemic. (laughs) Uh, And most all of this was done virtually initially and then continued to be virtual for a very long time. There was not the water cooler, the lunchroom to depend on and we were all adjusting to this remote space. So it really called for intentional acts of connection and being together. You and I were very intentional about balancing the relational and transactional components of work. And we could see that without embedded opportunity for relationship building and connection Mm -hmm. and building that sense of knowing one another and belonging. Especially in the remote workspace, the transactional components of work just took over, yeah. right? Like meetings were Dominate. when they started and then they ended, and there there was no being with someone right after for a few minutes. We made sure to build spaces for people to convene mm-hmm. that sometimes were prompted and that opened up storytelling. And there were some other times that they were purely playful.
1: I just very much remember, and this was for me as vice president of said tech company, right? I had this huge weight title that like carries weight outside of the organization but when you're starting in your basement with your wife it holds very little cachet I was always a human with you and then I wanted to extend that to everyone else that I, I even though have this title I am just Kendon Scott human and I remember so well the conversations we had around George Floyd and how it wasn't a level set around role it was a level set around experience it was a level set around generational shifts it was a level set around this shared anger, fear, frustration, everyone had a different way of Expressing it. And I remember feeling so blessed to have Gen Z in the room to talk about what it's like to be a Gen Xer who's not going to be outside on the street chant down burnt Babylon because I got kids in the house and I'm actually trying to keep them in the house. But I appreciate what you're doing out there on the front lines because it has to be done. And them reverberating back to me that they understood my place as an elder and me going, oh, snap, yeah, word, elder. Gotta hold that space now. Those are some of the moments as a leader that have framed what we've always held true to, which is a very narrow say-do gap. If I'm going to say I'm a human and and ask you to and be a human. And I'm going to respect
0: your humanness. Exactly. I it's, it's imperative of me to take note of what the majority, the minority, what mm-hmm. some people are experiencing and call it out and make room for it. And I think actually that wouldn't have felt safe had we not already embedded right. regular places for shared humanity in our program, you know, Mm -hmm. where sometimes it was just you and me sharing that space. And sometimes it was many more people than that. And it happened with regularity. It was always
1: there for people, whether they needed it in that moment, they knew it or they didn't know it, they could show up.
0: And the connection and trust in that space had been built and continued to build, I think, with that consistency of showing up in those spaces of connection, really what you just shared, where there was this room for empathy to be cultivated Mm -hmm. across again, intentional recruitment of diverse experiences, right? So if if we're not with people who have experiences that are different than us, and we're not understanding from them and from their unique lens, we're, we're just not exposed. And then we can't cultivate that empathy and have that moment of like, That's right. what is your experience? And how does that maybe also like flow into the other interactions that we've had?
1: It makes me think we, we got to shout out Susie Wise, just an awesome human for Design for Belonging the Book, because it really helped us understand this idea of the invitation, right? And then really how we We had developed a ritual for holding space that became a space of flow where you could come in and out how you felt. You could participate in your own way or not participate or not even show up. And it didn't matter. We were always there for you. And then as you transitioned to something else, we were there to support you as you exited or entered again or however that went for your cycle, your journey. We were there for you throughout all those steps.
0: I think you were also something that, you know, we also did and maybe we We don't identify it so much because it feels kind of natural, right? We were also very intentional about reaching out and checking in on an individual basis with people when everything was great, when we thought that maybe something wasn't great, when there was some change in the cadence of their interaction with us. And, and we often, between the two of us, we're talking about how you know individuals who have been oppressed are not in the practice of going to somebody right. who is perceived to be in a position of power and saying they need support. Right. We are with intention going to reach out to other people, check in and see if there was support that we could just offer. Offer. That's an ongoing yeah. invitation, right? Because it's, right. it's bringing the invitation to a person. In all of this, what we're doing is really making sure that, hey, we've got a pulse on who who's in the building, virtual or not, right? Who they are, what lights them up, what dims their light a bit, mm-hmm. you know, as well as like all of the opportunities we could show them that they matter. Like they matter to us as humans. We care about them, but also their experiences matter and add value here.
1: Sure. Right. 100%. It's the perfect experience. Space now to to kind of say that we we did three and, a, and almost a half years at Bitwise intentionally building these strategies, these different programs and activities to foster this understanding and culture of belonging. I always said, if you start with inclusion, diversity is, is by design. So we actually thought of an equation that that speaks to adding in multiple pieces, right? So it's an additive equation of inclusion and equity. When you combine that with mattering and purpose, you start to build belonging, a culture belonging. We've decided that we need to take these learnings to other spaces. And so we created a LLC, a company, a company, we burned little baby. Right, on the day that, you know, we're, we're announcing that one, we can announce another. And so welcome to the world in Pathway Designs, uh, where we are working as a consultancy to help companies build a culture of belonging. Built on inclusion. That's right. their,
0: you know, their culture of belonging. Culture happens because of behavior and <laughs> because of choices we make and that behavior that supports those choices, right?
1: In our process of... You know, Having Bitwise Industries and something we built that we loved and we were really passionate about and very successful in taking from us the grief and the loss that was a company, uh, we've been able to take some of it and use it as energy. We hold all of it. We make space for all of the grief. We've been able to take some of it and use it as energy to create something new that we believe every company should have a part of, really making people feel that they matter, making feel that they, they're they purposeful in their work and that they can show up as their true and authentic selves every day.
0: In this country, we spend the majority of our time <laughs> at work and no work does not need to become your family, right? But it is absolutely a group of humans. And that container of humans is actually a community and actually has a culture and has norms. It's about damn time. And, it, and it's true in many places, right? Mm-hmm. But that is a place where we also feel like we are part of something and that we matter and that we can actually be ourselves. And that frankly, when we're given the space to to all be ourselves we do some really cool shit together better.
1: <laughs> everything is better so, so m- yeah i'm like more on that thank you as always for joining we're gonna sign off
0: yeah that was a lot huh? i
1: know we did pretty good in three and a half years of work
0: and and, and the the culmination of experience all the work that preceded that today.
1: thank you very much for joining us as always i am ken and scott your co-host
0: karen scott your co-host
1: this is comparative narrative we are available on all your streaming platforms gotta say it if you like what you hear give us five stars give us some feedback hit us up in the comments what'd you think most appreciated see you next time that's right